Well everybody, what's the crack? And welcome back to episode number 17 of the Inline G Flute Podcast with me, your host, motherfucking Inline G. It is so, so nice to be back here and to see you all again and to speak to you all again. It is wonderful. For the last two weeks on the Inline G Flute Podcast, we have had guests and we were out in Belfast and it was wonderful. We had Ashling Agnew last week and Zach Troughton the week before. And before that, I had pre-recorded, I think, three episodes, batch recorded, to make sure that I can enjoy my time in Belfast. But it meant that I haven't been in the studio for four weeks, potentially. And baby, have I missed it. It is so lovely to be back. And today we're back to the last minute chaos. The chaos of organisation that defines this very podcast because today is the Tuesday the 24th of October and this episode will be released on Friday because god forbid I will never miss a Friday episode but the reason for this episode being so last minute is not for the usual self-imposed deadline that I push upon myself but instead as a result of creativity and motivation striking at just the right moment. So today I blocked off my entire calendar, everything and I mean everything, purely so I could finish Spider-Man 2 for the PlayStation 5, which came out last week. Now, I won't spoil it, don't worry. But I finished that today at about 3pm. It is now 23.18 at night. So I had deliberately, yesterday and this morning a little bit, um, done all my work, my scheduling, my admin work, my emails, my scripts, etc, etc, everything. So today was chill. And... There's also another reason for doing all that work, and that is because tomorrow I am recording a very, very, very special episode with a very, 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 very special guest. I think two or three episodes ago, I said, you guys, I had the aim of getting a big fish in this podcast. That's what this podcast needed, and I've reeled in a fucking whopper. But I can't tell you about it because I don't I don't want to jinx it. It might collapse at the last minute, you never know, so I won't say anything, so... If there's not a very, 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 very special guest on next week's episode, I fucked it. Um, but anyway, that's all for next week. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Not yet. But that meant that, technically speaking, I didn't need to record an episode this week. Because tomorrow's recording would have served as this Friday's episode. I could have got that edited night in time. But I've missed the recording process. And as I said, those elusive siblings of creativity and motivation have struck. And I ended up blasting out a script for this episode in about an hour and a half today. And I'm even recording it on the same day, which is a lot even for me. So pick the bones out of that one. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, it'll be a short episode, I hope. I always say that, but I end up talking bollocks for a long time. But I'm trying to keep these episodes under 35 minutes, so we'll, we'll keep that as a target. So it's going to be a short episode on creativity success and the rules for the working artist so on success i'll be talking about the different types of success and how flute players or to be honest any creatives or artists should be measuring it very important should we will also be having a quick chat about the term artist and dispelling some myths or misconceptions and instead we're going to talk about the average working artist i can even hear you guys rolling your eyes behind the camera there i can hear you Rolling your eyes because I said the word artist. Grow up. We're going to dispel those myths. And how do I link this all to the flute? Well, I'll be using myself and the quite weird day I've had today as an example. And I play the flute. So there you are. Voila. 
Oh, excuse my, uh, I hope my voice is okay for you guys. Yeah, you can hear the sniffing. I'm still recovered from a slight cold. Not as bad as the one I had in last week and the week before's episode in Belfast. Jesus Christ. I have no luck on this podcast with health. But I've had, yeah, I've just been sick a lot recently. But last week's episodes, they were recorded one day in Belfast. And the night before, I came home with a few drinks on my... And I saw my cat, and I'm very allergic to cats, but I had a few drinks, and I missed them, and I cuddled them to fucking death, and then the next day I paid the price. And I was also around a load of dogs, and yeah, that didn't help either. So, I'm sorry for that, I really looked like death in the last episodes, but today I'm full of energy and full of beans, I just have a blocked nose. While that week, every other part of me was blocked. So, What reasons do I have for doing this episode today? This is very important. I think the background for why I'm writing this episode is going to be very illustrative of the point I'm trying to make across the episode. So it serves as a beautifully poetic example of what I want to talk about today. So I was home for two weeks in Belfast, as I'm sure anyone on my social media saw. I just got back a few days ago. Also, while I was there, a couple of people told me they loved the podcast, but kept asking why I talk like a wanker. Because I softened my accent for this podcast, because... Yeah, my real accent, I don't think any of you guys will understand. Um, So I'm going to try and go into the middle ground here, but if you notice that my accent is particularly hard to understand this week, please just send me a message. And I'll maybe do like a a bilingual version where I do Belfast and then normal English. But yeah, so I was home for two weeks and, you know, I spent the whole time eating chips and drinking Guinness and seeing friends and family and going to the Arctic Monkeys concerts and just doing all the great things of life. And I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to that. I'm sure a lot of you guys either live abroad or you live far away from home. So like in America, I'm sure a lot of you guys live in states that are so far away that you have to fly to your home town or your home state. Kind of like one of those Hallmark movies where you go back to your hometown and you fall in love with the local bookshop owner and you give up your career in the bank. I hope someone's done that out there. Man, I love America. I might go to America next year. I'm thinking of going to the NFA event. I think I might try and propose to do like a live podcast there. So... Yeah, if anyone knows anything about how to go about that process of getting me into the NFA booths to talk some shit with Americans, let me know. But anyway, you guys will know that feeling then of going home when you live abroad for a long time. But you'll also be aware, although it can be a lovely, beautiful, warming, welcome experience, it is a double-edged sword. And there's a negative side to it. People say to me all the time, because I'm so pro-Belfast and I big up Belfast all the time and I love Belfast with all my fucking heart. So people always say to me, Gareth, if you love it so much, why don't you just go back and live there? And to be honest, I could give you a couple of reasons why off the top of my head, but I've never properly thought about it and formulated exactly what it is. Because those are smaller reasons, but there is one big reason and I could never really put my finger on what it is. So today, just for you guys, I had a wee think about it. And I've put it into words. So I'm going to read it to you now. Well, I'm not going to read it to you. I've got a script. I'm just going to say it to you. So when I'm home, I revert back to being my 17-year-old self. Now, that was the that was when I left home. I left Ireland at 17, 18, and I haven't lived there since. I've lived in three different countries since then, but I've never lived at home. So, yeah, that's the last time I lived there, and I revert back to that part of myself. So, obviously, this is a very fun time for me, being 17 years old, because responsibilities are light, fun is high, everything's like that. So, even when I go home, I deliberately, before I go home, structure my schedule at home to make sure there's fuck all responsibility nothing to do no productivity no duty nothing important i just go back to being fun that even goes as far as like what i eat and what i drink and what i like everything 
I tightened up before I go back, behave myself a lot, go off the drink, eat healthy for a couple of weeks before I get back. Because I know when I get back, it's going to be junk food, it's going to be sodas, it's going to be all that kind of sodas. Fizzy pop sodas. Become too American, man. But anyway, I prepare myself for that. And it's great because I'm getting these dopamine hits all the time when I'm home. I'm seeing a friend again, I'm having a conversation and I'm especially the humour, I miss that so much. I don't laugh anywhere else like I do in Belfast. I have friends in Belfast that make me genuinely cry with laughter and it's hard to find that anywhere else. Not saying that Belfast is the funniest place in the world. I'm just saying it suits my humour. But it is the funniest place in the world. So yeah, I get these dopamine hits when I'm home. It's either if it's not seeing someone for the first time in ages or catching up on someone or hearing the accent, it's getting Turkish delights, fries, Turkish delights, my favourite chocolate bar, or fries, peppermint cream, or fries, chocolate cream. I love the whole fries range. Or it's getting tato crisps, or it's getting a chicken tikka sandwich. Man, you don't get them in Germany. They're amazing. Or iron brew. Oh, mate, the, the amount I miss iron brew. And if I'm not doing that, I'm going to the pub, and I'm the pub is just... It's heaven for me. You should see my face when I go into the pub. I love the pub, man. So it's dopamine constantly for two weeks. And it just keeps going because there's always something new to play with. And it's great. Obviously, it's a lot of fun. But I begin I begin, I begin quickly to lose my sense of meaning. Now, I know that sounds very philosophical. And I know a couple of you are rolling your eyes again behind the camera because I said I lose my meaning. But I do. And you're probably thinking I'm choosing that word because I can't properly express what I want to say. But allow me to elaborate because I can. A lot of creatives will relate to this. The thing, the biggest thing in my life that gives me meaning is creativity. The process of creating is where I'm at my most content, settled and peaceful. I love the creative process. And although partying and socialising all these different dopamine hits are great they do wear off eventually and then when they do wear off I'm not really settled when I get back to Germany after being home for a while the environment I've created for myself here is extremely conducive to creativity creativity or creating sorry um so I structure my life here and I structure my home life and my life outside, my social life and everything and all the experiences to create the environment that I most often find a state of creative flow. All right, we'll talk about creative flow later. Soon, don't worry. But a huge part of creating this environment is the constant challenges that I need of a new culture, a new language, new people and experiences vastly different to my own. So I need that. I need to wake up and go to the shop and have that little bit of danger that I might not understand what someone says or seeing new people or just being unfamiliar with things even going to the supermarket I still don't know all the products I've been here five years I just it doesn't feel familiar entirely yet so I'm always slightly not on edge but always slightly challenged all the time and it's great I need that little push all the time so that's really important to me um so yeah today today after two weeks being home so I got back four days ago, but in those four days I had a lot of work to catch up on. Like I got in at 3.30 in the morning after my delayed flight, straight to work at 8am that day, a whole weekend of unbelievable stress and cancelled gigs and oh, an extra work and last minute schedule to make up for money and all that kind of stuff. So it was a very stressful few days. I did manage to start the Spider-Man game, 
but I knew I would get a little bit of time in it and then I needed one day to finish it. So I set aside Tuesday, today. So I had reserved this day entirely purely for kicking the Green Goblin's bollocks all over New York City. But here I am recording a podcast instead. Now how did that happen? That's very easy. The So I created an environment for playing Spider-Man today. And I really created an environment, so I did everything in my life yesterday. I did the scheduling for everything I needed to do. I rearranged students that were here today to make sure they weren't here. I went shopping to make sure I had healthy food that made me feel good and energetic. Not junk food, as much as I fucking love it. Um, I cleaned my apartment from top to bottom. I cleaned myself from top to bottom. Ladies and gents and everyone in between um i sent out emails i basically i went through my to-do list and took everything off it anything that could possibly distract my mind from spider-man for more than 10 seconds i did it even things i was thinking fuck i need to do that in two weeks i just did it today everything or yesterday sorry everything so today was purely clean so i could really sit in my beautiful clean flat with lovely food everything organized i did laundry and all everything was ready just to enjoy this game i waiting months for it, man i love spider-man but then I realized this environment is also the precise environment which allows me to achieve creative flow. Of which this podcast is actually now my primary outlet. It's my main outlet for creativity. Now that does sound strange to say because I do have performing and teaching and all that stuff. But above all that is this podcast in terms of creativity. So using that as an example, we're going to look at what creative flow is. And then we're going to follow that by the role it plays for an artist. So what is creative flow? Well, the definition from the internet, and nobody lies on the internet, is creative flow, also known as flow, flow state, or creative flow state, is defined as the mental state of being completely present and fully immersed in a task. Often in an intense state of concentration, the mind is fully focused on the experience itself and of nothing else. The experience itself is the vital part of that. You're not thinking about the outcome, you're not thinking about yourself, you are purely and mindfully aware of the task or the experience itself. Now you've all done this at some point in your lives. Every one of you is. It doesn't necessarily have to be creative either. For example, athletes and sports stars, they have the same phenomenon, but they call it the zone. So you'll hear sports stars often say, oh, I was in the zone, or get in the zone, or get your head in the game, that kind of thing. And it happens in daily life. You know, if you've ever, I don't know, if you've ever been so engrossed in a book that you've missed a train stop, that's flow. If you've ever cooked something and got so into the cooking process and the process of preparing food that an hours went by and you didn't realize, that was flow. For me personally, the biggest indicator that I've entered flow, and I can only realize this retroactively, is I didn't check my phone. So if I do a task for an extended period of time and I didn't check my phone once during it when I could have, that is an indicator that I was in flow. Because I am a fiend for checking my phone, man. Like the only time I don't check my phone is when I'm working and I literally can't or I get in trouble or when I'm sleeping. And even then when I'm sleeping, I can manage a bit of TikTok. So there is times like today when I was writing this podcast, it wrote itself, no phone. That's incredible. So that's flow. That was the state of flow I was in. And although flow isn't necessarily creative, it is the only place where creativity can reliably work. Reliably, where you know it's going to work, or most likely to work. It's incredibly difficult for creative to, creativity to 
pop up without flow. Because creativity is a fluid concept. We all know this. The idea of creativity or a creative spark, it comes at random moments. You never know when it's going to happen. It comes out of the blue and you go, oh, I've got an idea. Or it's worked now, but there's no way of controlling it. It's like Cat and Smoke. I love that phrase, Cat and Smoke. That's from one of the Harry Potter films. I don't know which one, but I'm sure someone's going to tell me. Please do. I don't want to Google it. So you can't rely on waiting for creativity because fuck knows when it's going to turn up. It's like a Belfast bus, man. Nobody knows when it's going to turn up. You just have to enjoy it when it's there. But what we can do is create the environment that allows flow and then creativity will normally follow that. So today, after swinging around New York City chasing after Dr. Connors, aka the lizard, I put down the PlayStation at about 3pm, 4pm and I realised I had accidentally created the perfect environment for flow. Doing all the things I did for Spider-Man once it was done, my life was ready for creative flow. And then the podcast happened. It just happened. An idea shot into my brain and away I went. Even to show you a more extreme example of that is while I was writing this podcast, I don't know how much I can tell you guys about this. If anyone knows what I'm referring to, please keep it hush-hush, but I'll not say any names. But I have applied for a part-time position, remote work in the classical music flute world. Um, I won't say anything more than that. But anyway, I've applied for this position. There's a set of rounds and assignments and I've just been admitted to the third round. I found this out today when I was writing the podcast and I got the email about it and the task for the third round is a creative task. It's a heavily creative aspect to it. They give us like 10, 15 days or something to do it. Um, The idea came straight away. Straight away. I was in that state of flow. I was so intensely into it and I'd broken it or I'd finished it to go and read my emails and it was still there. It popped in and within seconds the idea that I wanted to have was there almost fully formed within five minutes it was fully formed i need to iron out the kinks in it and just make sure it's structured but the idea is there the hard bit of getting the idea and structuring it done that all happened because i was in this really intense state of flow so creativity and flow are essential for an artist now i know you're rolling your eyes again because gareth said the word artist who the fuck does he think he is but we're going to talk about this we're going to talk about what it means to be an artist because i'm fed up with this man I said that at a football match recently. I said to someone, I was talking about why I preferred Cologne to Dusseldorf as a city. There's a lot of arguments with me, but I said, well, I personally, as an artist, prefer Cologne. And I realised saying that to a football crowd was the worst idea. Because I said, what is an artist? And it was very funny. It was very funny. But I need to dispel some myths about this. So you guys, the listeners here, the wonderful people who listen to this podcast, the smart people in the world, you guys are probably artists. Or if you're not you're probably quite open people who enjoy art and are very aware of it. That's why you're listening to a podcast, first of all, which is an art form. Podcasting is an art. And it's a podcast that talks about art. So it's art talking about art. So you'd have to have some kind of openness to art to even listen to this podcast, especially if you've made it 19 minutes in. So you wouldn't be one of those people, probably, probably wouldn't be one of those people that when I say the word artist, you go, oh, for fuck's sake, and you roll your eyes and you go, oh who do you think he is because that's what i get i get that so much back home so much i get that reaction of oh i say i'm an artist and then they go oh who's he think he is he's a bit up his own arse isn't he oh you're an artist Ooh, you're an artist maybe like as if i'm as if i have some kind of overinflated ego i do my ego's massive but anyway um but first the thing to say 
that reaction is their own insecurities. That's really important to know. We know this from childhood. You're told this about bullies as well. Bullies pick on you because they have their own insecurities. It's the same thing. So fuck those people. The reactions are almost always fueled by jealousy. But it is important to some it is important to point out, right? An artist is just somebody who creates art. That's it. If you create art, you are an artist. That's the definition. Easy. I know it gives this image of great painters and writers and sculptors and composers and the stoic, introverted, starving, great, great genius of an artist. Or worse, it might give the idea of like some tall, skinny lad with a man bun, like a nose piercing, and he has like a, I don't know, like a fucking empty mustard jar, and he's at a museum come warehouse in the suburbs. And he's displaying the piece and he calls it Marxism and the consumerist West or some shit like that. That's what you think when you hear artist. But the, neither of those cases are fully accurate. They're about the 1%. 99% of artists, especially professional artists, those who do it for a living, are like me. They're normal people trying to make a living wage off the thing that they love doing. That's it. It's your average musician who maybe lives paycheck to paycheck. Most orchestral musicians across the world, they're not paid big money at all. They just want to make enough to survive, okay? It might be a writer that gets paid kind of sporadically for small articles and has to write things they're not entirely happy with, but blah, but they live off it and great. Or a composer who ends up having to write like jingles or TV adverts or things like that. But an artist is also someone who makes bracelets on Etsy for a living. That's an artist. That's a professional artist. Uh, the guy who designed my football prints downstairs in my living room, I've put them on Instagram, he's went recently but quit his normal job and is doing the football print design as his full-time job. He is a full-time artist, full-time professional artist now. Those football prints, they're beautiful. Or you can make a personalised beanie hat, like the one I'm wearing right now. All your listeners, you can't see this, go onto my social media and see what it looks like. It is an inline G flute podcast beanie this actually wasn't designed by an artist. This was designed by a machine in China. But it's cheap and times are tough and the Chinese are going to take over the world. So I, for one, welcome our Chinese overlords. I get everything off China, man. This this jersey's off China as well as the Rangers jersey. The reason I'm wearing the Rangers jersey... Okay, really, really quick side thing. Because it was so funny today. There was some girl band... I'm going to sound like a million years old here. Some Korean girl band that were in Dallas today. And they were doing a th- like a performance and they had obviously been told to wear the Texas Rangers shirts but instead they all turned up in this exact jersey the 1992 Rangers football team shirt like the team from Glasgow like Gaza and fucking Ali McCoist and they all turned up in that and I was like what the fuck he's doing they look like, like the 11th of July it was great <laughs> these four Korean girls I thought they were going to sing hello hello <laughs> or the sash it was great anyway anyway yeah I get all my shit from China because yeah why would I pay I can pay 15 euro to have this from China or I can pay Adidas 80 euro to go get it from China. Fuck them. Anyway, if you create something, you're an artist. That's it. And if you do it as your job, you are a professional full-time artist. If you get paid for it, you're a professional artist. That's it. You don't need any more legitimacy or excuse to call yourself an artist. So fuck anyone that says you're not. It's like being a professional footballer. People say, oh, I'm a professional footballer. People go, oh, Really? Because they think, oh, professional footballer, Ronaldo, Messi, Lewandowski, Mbappe, Neymar. No, it's not those people. Those are the 1%, 99% of professional footballers. And I genuinely, okay, I don't know the exact figure, but I would say it's at least 99% of professional footballers do not earn anywhere near that kind of money. A lot of them earn a living wage. 
They play for their small local clubs. You think of how many divisions of professional football there are in England. There's eight or nine. Every country has at least two or three divisions of professional football. These guys are not getting paid anywhere near the mega money. 99% of professional footballers, people who get paid to play football, do not earn mega money. I was having a pint last week with a guy in Belfast, a friend of mine, might be listening, won't say his name. And he told me towards the end of his footballing career, he was starting to get paid for it. He was getting £20 per match. That makes him a semi-professional footballer. Semi-professional because he's not doing full-time, but that's it. So it's not mega money. So just like that, we are artists, just like all the other artists. It's a job title. It's a description. It's nothing to do with ego. It's purely fact. Artist is a job description. So fuck off your eye rolling. And generally, artists, they're a different type of people, but... They're different because there's a trait, a personality trait, called openness. There's a scale on it. People who are more open tend to create art. They're open to creativity. People who are not on the openness scale, lower down on it, tend to be better at things like business, organization, tough decisions, closed decisions. Thinking within the box, that's much more closed and that's very conducive to business. But creativity suits art. Openness suits creativity suits art. And it makes us happy. But like the name artist itself, the idea of success can also be quite a controversial one when talking about artists. So we're going to have a quick chat about success. Now, this is going to be a fun little game we're going to play. Before I tell you the definition of success, I want you to have a wee think. So in a second, I'm going to ask you to pause this podcast and think for a wee minute about what the definition of success is. So I mean, if you were to look it up in the dictionary, what would it say? And I mean an actual dictionary, the Oxford Dictionary, not an American dictionary. God only knows what fucking shite's in there. If you were looking up on the Oxford Dictionary, what would it say success is? So are you ready? Pause the podcast. You didn't pause it. No, you didn't. Well, you're back anyway. Well, if you did pause it, well done. You're the only one that did, but I know you didn't. So, your definition of success what have you got? Were you able to think of something? Did your definition include the words money, finances, popularity, or fame? If any of those words were in your definition, you're wrong. The definition of success, the only definition of success is the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. That's it. So that means there is unlimited scope for what constitutes a success. Unlimited. Money, fame, popularity, they're all arbitrary ideas of success. They can be success, but they aren't guaranteed to be. Success can only be measured against the initial aim or purpose. So, we're going to use this podcast as an example, creative example. This is why creatives need to be attentive to what they class as success. When I was home in Belfast a few weeks ago, people asked me, how much money does your podcast make? They listened to the podcast, they were aware now that I take donations. So, in their head, especially in Northern Ireland, the attitude is very much so, if it can make money... Now, the goal is to make as much money as possible. That's it. If I didn't say I was making money, they wouldn't have asked about money. It wouldn't have been a factor in success. But now that I've said that, the goal is to make as much money as possible. So success is measured by the amount of money you make. That's it. Now, when I was asked this question by a certain person at that time, I was asked about 200 times, that week the podcast had made 13 euros. One, three. 13 euros in donations. Now, as soon as I said that, I met with that kind of sympathetic puppy dog oh I'm, I'm sorry to hear that eyes as if I've just told them I can't ride a bike imagine that I can't ride a bike I never learned I'll tell you the story another time 
But anyway, this reaction, first of all, it initially annoyed me. My fun fact about me, I don't take criticism very well when it comes to art. <laughs> I don't think anyone's surprised at that. But I know I should take criticism well, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to art, especially this podcast, I'm very fucking defensive. Because this is my baby. I create it the way I want it to. I know what I want to create. I put it out there. I don't care about anyone else's opinion. There's a certain group of people where I'll listen to them and I'll adapt it. But general criticism towards this podcast, I don't care. Didn't ask you for it. Don't want to hear it. Any other thing I can do, but I take it very personally for this podcast because it's pure creativity. So I tell a lot of people to fuck off on this. But anyway, I didn't this time. And how do we think about it? Calm down. Got the initial emotional shock out of my mind. And then realize that's just their idea of success. They measure it in that way. Their goal or their purpose, if they were my shoes, would make money. So they measure success on how much money you make. But when I started this podcast, I had two aims. Two very clear ones. To create the kind of podcast that I would like to listen to. And number two, to enjoy the creative process. That's it. So on those two aims, I have 100% nailed both of them. So measured against that, this podcast so far is a roaring fucking success. Now, my only aim for the donations, because the donations were a suggestion from a friend in Hamburg, and we were out in the piss one night, and he said, you should run the podcast away. You want to run it? And I was like, well, when I listen to my favourite podcast, I donate to them, but I don't think it's very, I don't think I'm ready to do that for my podcast yet. He was like, no, if that's what you do, offer it. What's the harm? So my only aim at the start was to make anything. Literally anything. Now, don't get me wrong, the financial help is massively appreciated. Obviously, the more money I make, the better because, yeah, I'm not the richest man in the world. But that's not the main goal of this. It was to get anything. And also, the other aim was to have a feeling of motiva- legitimacy and motivation. So when you get paid for something, it gives you legitimacy or a sense of legitimacy and it gives you motivation to carry on. So the first time that I got a donation on this podcast who wasn't from a friend or family so obviously my friends and family i appreciate their donations massively but they were already aware that the podcast existed they support it because they're being good friends that's great but the first time someone found this podcast organically and donated money to it i think it was two euros 13 it was a person i never met never knew it was something like that wasn't very much um and it was an odd number because obviously they translated it from or yeah sent it in their currency whatever it was i have no idea um I cried when I got the message about it in happiness. I couldn't believe that someone had sent me money for it. It was one of the coolest feelings I've ever had. One of the biggest achievements I've ever had because they paid for it purely willingly. They weren't put in an awkward position. They had never. It was purely decided that they were going to give me money because they thought the art I was creating was worth the money. And that was incredible. And I achieved the goal. My aim was to make literally anything and I made more than literally anything. So... On a financial side, this podcast is a roaring fucking success. Even for the viewer numbers, the only goal of this podcast was to get one viewer. If I had one person entertained by this podcast a week, I was happy. That was the only goal ever. I didn't make it to get viewers. I don't make it to get viewers now. It'd be nice to have more, but I'm not doing it for that. If I would, I'd turn out the same shite that all the other podcasts do. You know the ones I'm talking about. Shitty interviews with bad quality and just the same questions and topics coming up over and over and over again. I don't know why people watch it if it's the same shit over and over again. There's so many shitty podcasts out there. I'm not just ta- I'm not talking about the fruit world. I'm talking about everything. But I'm not doing it to get numbers. I could. I don't want to. I'm not interested in that. This podcast is my baby. I'm doing it for creativity. 
And the goal for numbers was to get one person watching. One person watches this every week or listens to it. I am fucking delighted and I've achieved my aim. And they do. I get at least one viewer a week. So on the viewer number, another aim. Roared fucking success. And the last one, creativity. We're nearly done here, guys. Creativity, probably the most important one. That was my biggest goal for this podcast was to give me something to enjoy in the creative process. So I love performing i love teaching i do a lot of irish folk music now i do a good bit of chamber music a small bit of orchestral music not as much as i would like um i teach as well i do a bit of arranging i do everything but this is by far the most creatively fulfilling thing i've potentially ever done and i know that's weird to say because i do so much other stuff but i make this episode exact or this podcast each episode exactly the way i want to and it's pure creativity there is nothing holding me back in this. This is exactly the way I want to make it, how I want to make it, and I enter creative flow every single week when I'm writing the script for this episode. I love it. My favourite part of this podcast is writing the script, recording it, editing it, doing the marketing stuff, the logos, the designs, all that. The minute it's actually released, I'm not saying I don't give a shit, but I don't really. Once it's out, it's done, and I'm looking forward to the next one. But I love the process of doing this. It gives me so much joy. And it gives me a sense of accomplishment as well before it's even released. My sense of accomplishment comes when I upload it to YouTube and schedule or upload it to Acast and schedule the release dates. In my mind, it's as good as out then. The reviews and the feedback is incredible and it gives me so much extra. But my own internal sense of worth from this podcast comes from me making it. Um, and I love it. So like even with playing, like I love playing and I love performing, but I have a lot of my own personal issues with playing correctly, not doing things wrong, and I really struggle to find creative flow and being purely creative when I perform. I still have this sense of a chore, especially since Corona, which will be in a it'll be a separate podcast episode in itself. Um, but Corona fucked everything, really did. This podcast is pure creativity. I approach it with fun and playfulness and like childlike wonder i love every second of this podcast i really do and i can fully express myself in pure creativity i don't have to hold back i can do whatever i want i make exactly i make exactly the podcast that i want to make that's all pure creativity even the editing even writing the descriptions that's creativity thinking of the name of the podcast creativity so on every single front including creativity this podcast is a huge success I dictate the success. It's my aims and my purposes, and the success is measured on my watch. On my so don't get me wrong, the aims have been achieved, they will develop and they will change. And I can't wait for the next set of them. But they'll be mine. And I'll achieve them too. Or if I don't, I don't, but so far we're fucking flying. And in fact, it's probably the most successful podcast on the fucking planet, by my measurement. It's my game. I make the rules, baby. So, before we go, what was the point in all this this episode? Well, firstly, I hope the artists among you had related a little bit to this and related to what I had to say. You might not create podcasts, but you create some kind of art. So if you do, I want you to take a wee second today and think about what your initial goals or aims were for whatever project you're currently working on. I really want you to have a think. Go right back to the moment where you started the project and what you hoped you would achieve then. And I want you to measure the success based on that and that only. Take a wee minute and think about it. Maybe write it down. It always helps. 
and then judge it to be successful or unsuccessful. You'd be surprised what you get. Don't judge it on any other criteria, even your own further criteria. Go to your first ones first and look at them. Then you say at the very start, I just want, maybe you're learning a new piece of music and you said, I just want to get the first page now. I think that's a success. And you've done the first page now. You've had a successful project. Go and look at it. Whatever project you're on, think about that. Um, and don't ever, yeah, don't ever measure to anyone else's ideas of success. It's literally bollocks. The very definition of the word, if you're going to do someone else's idea of success, it's not success. You've defeated the purpose of success. It's not the definition. It's genuinely bollocks. And number two, have a wee think about what conditions you have to do to create uh, the right environment to achieve flow. To get in that state where you're fully, intensely focused and concentrated on one task. I find, I knew what mine was, but I never thought about it as much until today where I was amazed how in flow I was for the first few weeks because I created it accidentally for the Spider-Man game. Go and have a think about it. Think, what do I have to do to get myself in flow? Don't think, I need to be creative. Fuck that, you can't control that. Think, how am I going to achieve that state of flow? What environment do I have to create to make it conducive to achieving that? And then see what happens. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But it nearly always does. So, yeah, I hope you can do that. I hope you can do both. And if you do, like me, you'll have a lovely day. I've had a wonderful day. This has been a mad day. I've had such a wonderful, creative day. And before I go here, really quickly, talking about donations to the podcast. First of all, again, I got quite a few this week, um, which was incredible. And I cannot tell you guys how much I appreciate it. The biggest thing it gives me is the desire to go and make these podcast episodes. It gives me so much motivation to know that you guys have contributed towards it. The podcast episodes will keep coming and they will get bigger and better, especially with the very special guest tomorrow. But what am I drinking? I am drinking chicken soup because I'm sick. Um, It's lovely. If you don't know what I'm talking about with donations, if it's your first time to the podcast, I'm very sorry you had to come in this episode. Um, But... In the description, in YouTube, you can find a link to my PayPal. If you don't, you can go to my social media pages, especially Instagram, in the description and Instagram. My advice is, the podcast is free. The podcast will always be free. There will never be a Patreon. There will never be a subscription service. You will never get more content if you pay for it. Everyone gets the same content for free. But if you would like to donate to the podcast to help me out a little bit, that would be very appreciated. I'm spending a lot of time on this podcast. It takes about six to seven hours a week with uh, script writing, editing, planning etc etc i love it but it's nice to get a little bit of money for it it gives me motivation and it supports it and lets me have that time in a dream scenario one day i would like to be making enough money off it to be able to do a full time and really up my game i'd love to get better equipment i'd love to bring everything up obviously every penny you guys donate goes straight back into the podcast there are big plans of what's happening next so if you want to donate my suggestion is whatever a pint or a beer or a can of dr pepper costs in your country send that over once a month maximum no more than that okay you get four episodes a month out of this podcast that's four hours in and around of uh content if you just think do you know what if i saw gareth in the pub i would buy him a pint to say thank you for the four hours content just send me the price of that and if you can't afford it no problems at all no problems you can enjoy for free and if you can't afford it you're paying for someone else to enjoy it for free so thank you very much guys it's very appreciated thank you very much for listening go and share and tell people about this podcast because 
my new goals are going to be to get more viewers and after what happens tomorrow with this recording i'm expecting big numbers so get people into it please it's very appreciated the people that do share it i fucking love yous there's a small group of yous that are so dedicated to this podcast it breaks my heart i love you so much especially the american ones i hope to see you next year in america anyway i'll see you next week for the big big fish slams the lads have a lovely weekend